Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium. Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo. And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff. Welcome to The Soul Spot. Hello, friends. Hi, everyone. How's it going, Jen? Good. How are you? Good. We just had some bubbly. We just had a delicious dinner. It's so good. We need an intervention because we are addicted to this panini cafe kebab place. Panini. Is it grill or cafe? I don't even know. I don't know. I feel know. like they changed the name, but we've ordered it now for like four weeks in a row. <laughs> and we're not stopping Can't stop, won't soon. stop. Yeah. So if you're in Orange County, hit them up. You will not regret it. It's it delicious. Amazing. We have a really cool episode for you guys. I'm yeah, so excited to talk about it. Yeah. So on the heels of 4th of July, we wanted to talk about spiritual independence today. I love it so much. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a goodie. Should we start with some reading of the yeah, week? Yeah, let's do reading of the week first. Okay. Okay, so this week's uh, reading of the week is a little bit different too, but I wanted to share this kind of cool experience. I went over to a client's house to do a clearing, like an energy clearing in their house. So um, I saged it and I was going through, they were in the living room and I was going through and I was picking up a lot of energy and it's kind of hard because I'm interacting with them, but also trying to concentrate energetically on clearing the space. And so I picked up on a lot of like kind of mediumistic stuff and then um, went into the living room or went into the dining room and it was kind of heavy, which is where they do the majority of their work. So a lot of that made sense if you knew what they did. But then I I started walking like just a couple steps towards the... Can I ask you, do you mean where the spirits do their work or where the people that live there do their work? Where the people who live there do their work and they're both into like law enforcement in a way. Is that... I guess adjacent adjacent. So I took a couple steps like into the living room and I was feeling like dog energy. But when you're doing a house clearing, you feel more than just like the energy of people who have passed you. You feel like the pain of the event. You feel a lot of like heaviness with everything that kind of comes. It's almost like this wave of like memories that almost kind of sprinkle into you. So I asked them, did your dog pass in the house? And they both looked at each other, like kind of teary eyed and were like exactly where you're standing. Wow. So it was kind of cool because I had gotten that one other time, um, during like a medium read where I was in the exact location, but it's strange because it just kind of flows. It's so fluid to me that it, it was just really cool. It was like a very cool experience. And they were both like, what the hell, you know, that's really cool. I remember last episode, I think it was an Ask the Medium, someone asked if you believe in bad or evil spirits. Yeah. And you had said you ne- you didn't really because you hadn't experienced it that way. So in a situation like this where you're doing a house clearing, is it just because the house feels so energy with heavy, sorry, so heavy with energy and that you're kind of clearing activity that maybe the person who lives there isn't comfortable with. Absolutely. So you're clearing a lot of like mediumship activity. So energy from spirits for sure. But there's also a lot of energy from just trauma in the past. And so for this couple specifically, what they do is really heavy 
like what they have to go through day to day. So I think in, if you guys are working with the public or you're working with other people's emotion, specifically other people's pain, that's something that you want to be aware of before bringing into your own home. So when you walk into that, like we always talk about energy is real. Those protons carry memory and carry a lot of emotion with them. And people who are sensitive can walk into a room, even if you're not highly sensitive or in tune with this, there's probably been some situations where you've walked into a room and you've been like, Ooh, that feels like really heavy. Or you can walk into a room and be like, Oh, it feels like light. And so you can kind of sense the differences between it. So in this house in particular, it was very, very heavy. So we had to clear out a lot of that negativity that was kind of attached to them that they were bringing in. So we had to clear that out. And I always do this like after a fight or something like that with like my spouse. It's never. doesn't ever happen. (laughs) But anytime something happens like that where there's just kind of some negative energy in the room, I like to open up the windows and just clear it because it just helps. Like it can't hurt kind of clearing that out and it helps you heal a little bit quicker. And then in this case, this couple particularly, there was also a lot of activity from spirits that that's what they called me for. There was just a lot of activity for spirits. They were all loved ones. Um, I got some things when I was clearing, which was really interesting. I got some things like really clear images that I knew weren't theirs. So it just goes to show it's like, that's weird. There was kind of these, like, um, this energy from other people that was still there that wasn't from like spirits. It's just energy from previous owners That was, that was like still kind of causing this layer of heaviness in the house. So, so yeah, I mean, it's something that you guys can easily do for yourselves. If you have sage or dragon's blood, it's another one that you can use and just kind of clear the space, but you have to do it with intention. That's what I was just going to ask is what would the intention be behind it? Like, would you say something when you're, you know, saging your house? Yeah. So you would come up with kind of a phrase that feels organic and like comfortable to you, but something along the lines of like releasing all negative energy and only allowing in love and light, something along those lines, you know, whatever it is specifically that you want. Perfect. All right. Um, let's get right into our topic this week. Okay. So it's kind of cool how you arrived at this week's topic because you were kind of thinking in the vein of Independence Day and 4th of July. And then after that, when we kind of did our research, you stumbled upon, um, this amazing article from James Van Prague, who we all know that, you know, you were trained by him and you've got this connection with him. And This article is titled Declare Your Spiritual Independence. Right. Which is so great because you hadn't read this before. Yeah. Um, But something that really stuck out in this that he said is, it occurred to me that spiritual freedom begins when you make the simple choice not to live in a cage of your own making, but instead pursue happiness by listening to the wisdom of your soul. It's beautiful. I love it so much. So when you first uh, had this idea for the topic, the first place my brain and like my heart went was just kind of my own spiritual journey. I think it's evolved so much since I was a kid, but I think real true spirituality starts in a place where you are really being authentic to your soul's journey. Absolutely. You know what, for me, that looked like, you know, I was kind of raised with a religious background, but I did have open-minded parents, but I did go to church in a traditional Christian setting. Mm -hmm. 
But when I was able to kind of cherry pick what I wanted from that religion that still feels true to me in so many ways and use it as a guide for my own spiritual journey, that's when kind of really the lights turned on, right? Right. And I think it's it's so crucial to be authentic to yourself and your spirituality because if it's not, it's all in vain, right? Exactly. Just to really remember that you write the rules for your spiritual journey. Absolutely. And I think I told you this before, but I, I can't find the quote. I was trying to find it, but it's along those same lines when you're like, okay, we were all raised or a lot of us were raised in kind of this religious construct. And I think there was some great values that came from that. And it taught you some, some idea of faith, whatever that is. And like the idea of believing in something that you can't quite see. And I think for me, in a lot of ways, it did bring comfort, but it never felt quite right. Sure. You know? And so there was a lot of things you know, I was raised Catholic. There was a lot of things that just didn't align perfectly. There's a lot of beautiful beliefs from Catholicism. And I think that take what you can from it, right? Like that's what I've learned through this is that I have so many Buddhist beliefs. I have so many Catholic beliefs. I have so many Episcopalian beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's, it's just kind of blending them. And then we spent time in India, like you, you know, um, understanding going into these Hindu temples are so beautiful And there's a lot of cool beliefs that come from that too. But this quote was something along the lines of, I don't believe in that kind of spirituality. And the response is, that's okay. My my spirituality doesn't require you to. Right. And it's like, you can't let anyone else tell you the right or wrong way that you could talk to God. Yeah. And there's, um, there's this wonderful bishop that you know, yes, uh, John baptized my daughter. Yes, he is amazing, Bishop Taylor, John Taylor, and he is. He really brought us back to the church in a lot of ways when our kids were young because I just connected with him, and it was it wasn't necessarily the church in general. I just I felt a connection to him and what he stood for, and I knew that's kind of the church backed him in believing that type thing. So he spoke to like my heart in a lot of ways. And there was a lot of things that he said. And one of them was that, you know, if you have a diagnosis of cancer, if you lost a loved one, if you lost a spouse, if you have these like terrible traumas that take place in your life, dogma is not going to get you through those times. Mm -hmm. Like what's going to get you through those times is your relationship with God. Right. And that's what, that's what it should be. And that's what like to the core, my belief system is, is like the belief in God. And I also have a belief that God is within all of us. Mm -hmm. So belief in self too. Absolutely. I really liked a lot of other things from this James article you sent me. Yeah. And I want to kind of go through the bullet points and just talk about them because he has so many really great, um, points in here. Okay. He talks about breaking down the walls. Yeah. Are you ready to declare your own spiritual freedom? Start with releasing yourself from number one, putting the expectations of others over your own desires. Now, I think you probably have a lot of clients that are empaths. Yep. Sometimes to their detriment. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot because 
there's a lot of things that there's a lot of issues that people come to me with that are still like, it's still in the religious aspect and it's still in the judgment aspect and being so concerned about external opinions on them. And then there's also the flip side of that, where there's a lot of people who care too much about other people and what other people are doing. And that's the empath is like, they could be solid, but they are feeling all this because they're picking up on what other people in their lives are experiencing. The spiritual freedom of it is really an amazing kind of journey to see when all of a sudden what rings true to your soul is so powerful that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, you know? And, and I was just telling you about an example of somebody telling their dad a story and their dad's like, I don't believe in any of that. And right. it's like, all right, I just want to share it with you. Like, I don't believe in any of that. And he kind of came around. <laughs> As they all do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Another thing we want to release ourselves from. Number two, holding on to stuff from your childhood. Traumas, insecurities, and failures in the past. They shouldn't be allowed to define who you are today. Break those chains and listen to your inner voice. It knows the real you. I mean, these are all so good. It's so deep because in the intuitive readings, so many people are scared to do something because their old self would not have done it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that's not you anymore. You're a different person now. You're a different person than you were last year. And so this new person can do those things. It's funny because I feel like we're always, we're always evolving. We're always kind of going through that, um, right? Like that cocoon phase and then turning into our new version of, And it doesn't ever stop. And it really doesn't ever stop. And I've heard people refer to this as different timelines. Yep. Yeah. And I always love love that that because it's, it really feels true to me. Like this is a new timeline. And I think right now with this whole, you know, current post COVID current COVID world, whatever we're calling it, I think a lot of people are experiencing kind of a new timeline. I think in a lot of ways, this time period has allowed us to connect better with ourselves So people are thinking about doing things that never would have been comfortable for them before. Like homeschooling is an example of that. I know so many moms who are contemplating homeschooling because that's who they are today, not who they were last year. Right. You know, so it's like just this evolution of self. And I love the idea of there's a quote. I think it was actually Louise Hay who says it's never too late to give yourself a good childhood. Oh, I like that. You know, and I think there is some cool inner child work that you can do to like rewrite your story and Mm -hmm. take those wonderful lessons of like, whether you, the love you didn't receive, the love you received, the whatever it is, it was for a purpose and it was for the next stage of who you will become. And so I think, you know, if we can all look back in our childhoods and say like, but that got us here and that got us here, then we can all look back on it. I think a little bit more loving. Absolutely. With more clarity too. Yeah. Okay, number three, this is something we're always talking about, fear-based decision-making. Fear and worry form an energetic wall that blocks abundance from flowing in your life. Faced with something or someone that you perceive as unfamiliar, overly challenging, or dangerous, instead of reacting with fear, imagine the best possible result, an adventure and a wonderful new friend, a new personal best. Choose excitement and optimism instead of allowing fear to limit you. I think that one alone will give everybody a spiritual independence. I mean, besides religion, right? Like we talked about religion, but this is something, this is something so much deeper than that. 
you will feel a sense of soulful independence and spiritual independence when you stop living in fear mm-hmm. and when you have that faith. And what were you saying earlier that there's only two emotions, fear and love? Yes. Right? Correct. Yep. I love that. Okay. Number four, judgment of others. The more love that you generate, the more love you will attract. Judging others is the opposite of loving them. So replace those inclinations with empathy, compassion, and unconditional love. I mean, 100%. I think that this one for me was a really big one. I grew up pretty judgy. Yeah. Analyzing and judging everybody. And I think through this work, all of that goes. You don't want to hold on to that. I was just doing that and harming myself, nobody else. Right. You know? You've talked a lot about that, how you have so much, you develop so much compassion right. from your mediumship and you kind of leave falling in love with everyone that is sitting for you, right? Yeah. And it is a really liberating feeling to not have to hang on to that baggage of like negativity or negative thoughts about other people. Absolutely. Okay. These are just bullet points. I'm giving them numbers. I think this is five. <laughs> Refusing to let go of old grudges and grievances. Forgiveness isn't excusing someone's bad behavior. It's refusing to allow that behavior to have an effect on you. Let it go for your own sake. Forgiveness is the biggest and most important key in your spiritual freedom chain. I think this is really important for some people. Personally, the judgment one was a bigger block for me in spiritual independence than forgiveness. But I I know through readings that that's a really big one. I think for some reason, maybe because I just, I don't want to hold on to that. So I let things go pretty quickly. But there are some people out there that really can't let it go. They cannot forgive. They can't. And it's only harming the, the person that I'm reading, you know? What's that expression? It says... It's um, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. Oh, I've never heard that. That's like really, really intense. (laughs) I think that's the quote. (laughs) Did you just make that up? Maybe. No, but um, I think it's true because I think with anything that's kind of like, if you hold space for that kind of negativity, what that does to you alone physically, right? It's not affecting any kind of change. It's not affecting you in and as going to be helpful or change anything, right? Right. So I think a lot of times you have to learn to forgive people, even if you're forgiving them in a private moment with yourself, um, in a private moment of prayer, in a just reflecting that time within your own soul, It's just kind of like you deserve to give yourself that peace, right? Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is that those times, like you just said, in private, that's all that really matters. Okay. So the other person will feel that energetically, regardless of if words are said to them. And this happens a lot during mediumship reads where the person's on the other side and they can't physically, verbally say, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Right. But they do in their heart. And they do with themselves. And that's like the biggest gift. Absolutely. One thing I want to say before we get to the last bullet point is that one thing that is used a lot in spiritual terms is being caged or being boxed. That's something that comes up quite a bit. There's so many different ways that you can cage yourself with your belief system, with your limitations, with fear, with anger, with, but this is a huge one. 
is to hold on to something like to hold on to a grudge and to not get to the point of forgiveness will box you in and make your world feel so small that you really, it does kind of become suffocating. So small. And I think this um, kind of applies to so many things. We were talking about this earlier. I was saying that as humans in our society for hundreds of years, we've been conditioned to put people into boxes, right? Yeah. Even the way we view people, the way we judge them. Yep. They're a Hindu, they're a Christian, they're Jewish, they're Republican, they're Democrat. So now what we do by doing that is we dehumanize them. Right. And we make a whole bunch of assumptions. Wonderful. Time. Absolutely. And that's the real, that's the reality most of the time. Not what our society tells us, not what the news tells us. Right. There's a lot more commonalities amongst us. And I do have some people in my life, you know, who I think box people in pretty quickly. And it's, it's funny because as soon as they get to know somebody in one of those boxes, they all of a sudden become the exception. Right. Right. So it's like, well, most Democrats would do this, but she is really intelligent. Right. Or, you know, they're very, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to like insult anybody, but you know, like they box. Well, you could, you could do it with any, you could use this with any, this example applies to so many everything. You, you know, you could start something new and go into a situation and assume somebody is going to be stuck up because of yep. where they're from financially yes. or anything like That's that. That's a great example. And then this could end up being the most kind, loving person who's your new best friend. Right, right, right. You like know, she lives in a mansion, but she's really cool because all of a sudden she's the exception. Right. Right. Because you got to know her. Right. And so it's like, I think all of us are walking exceptions. Absolutely. And that's just goes to show you don't know somebody till you know somebody. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think there's one last was there one. One last one. Yeah. All right. Here it is. Okay. Last on the list, the crazy making belief that you have to be perfect. Do your best, <laughs> yep. but don't put pressure on yourself to be perfect. Perfectionism generates fear, anxiety, and stress. The opposite of spiritual independence. Completely. And how boring is being perfect anyways? Yeah. And it's an impossibility. Like yeah. it's just not possible. So I think everybody is really unique. Like we were just talking about little walking exceptions and I think that it's about digging in deep and finding what lights your soul on fire and like going after that, you know? And I think with the more and more spiritually independent you feel, the more confident you will feel to pursue what your soul wants. I love that. And I think ending on find what lights your soul on fire right? is a great way to go out <laughs> this of this It's like list. a little intense. Yeah. This is good. I feel great about all of those things. Yeah, I feel I do kind too. of like refocused. Yep. All right, should we move on to some soul science? Yes. Okay, this is a fun one. Today's article comes to us from tinybuddha.com, and it is six steps to release your fear and feel peaceful. Love it. All right, so the first thing they say in here, which I really love, is fear is closed energy referred to as inverted faith. Fear exists when we do not trust our connection to the infinite part of who we are and buy into a story about what's unfolding in our life. Good. Good, right? That's really good. Okay. Once our emotions start to take a grip of our physical body, 
What can we do to move on from a state of limitation and fear into an open, tranquil, peaceful state? Number one, come back to the present moment. So important. So important. That's what we're always talking about. So, you know, they kind of go on to talk about doing breath work. I was just going to say breath. I didn't, I haven't read this, but yeah, breath work is a huge one to come back to the present. (sighs) Right. Like it just Uh, helps so much. Place awareness into your feet, feel your space. Grounding. Grounding, right? All right. Number two, put things in perspective. Now that you are present, acknowledge the experience and ask yourself this question. What is the worst case scenario that can happen to me? Once we can accept and realize this, we will be okay that if that happens, we are free from fear. That's really good. That's really good because we kind of talked about that in the last episode of like facing death, Mm -hmm. right? And saying like, okay, you know, it kind of takes some power away from it. So absolutely. Um, Number three, I really relate to this one. Become an observer of your thoughts. Now, this kind of reminds me, I was talking about this, I think, four or five episodes ago. The way I learned to manage my anxiety was seeing it as an unwelcome visitor. Right. Right? So observing that as something outside of myself, not something that I am. Yes. Right? I love that. it's a false emotion. Yep. That's great. All right. Number four, change your experience. The fourth step is to place your awareness and your right hand on the heart center, which is located near the sternum. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths and make the following command. I am now connected to the infinite part of who I am, which already knows how to be whole and complete. I take full responsibility and accountability for this creation. I recognize how it has served me, and I am now ready to let it go. I command that the fear energy be transmuted into unconditional love now. Thank you. It is now done. Wow. I mean, I wasn't expecting to go into a full. That was, I know. I was like, okay, that's a whole big like mantra meditation. But you guys can go ahead and rewind I'm into it. it <laughs> I'm into it though. Um, that's really great. It's really empowering. Yeah. Um, we allow ourselves the opportunity to experience being our own inner master. Right? Yeah. That's good. Okay. That's really good. Number five, prevent your mind from sabotaging you. Visualize a stone being thrown in a pond. Observe the ripples it creates when it enters the water. This is to simply distract your mind and allow the process to unfold without doubting, without doubt or self-sabotage. It is only our mind that can interfere with our own healing. It's so true. Number six, be grateful. Express gratitude and appreciation for the integration and healing you have received. I mean, these are all pretty great and they're all things we, you know, already talk about, but I think the biggest thing is putting them into practice. Yeah, absolutely. I love that though. Those are really helpful. All right. Are we ready for some ask the medium? Yes, we are. Okay. Our first question comes to us from Cheryl in Phoenix, Arizona, and she asks, when you feel spirit's presence, Do you have any advice for deepening the connection? Sometimes I'm sure my grandpa is with me and I'd love to dive deeper. Oh, I love that. Me too. 
Yeah, I'm sure that you're feeling him and you can sense it. It's really hard to put into words, but you can sense it because it does kind of feel like a lift in your energy. For me, I experience it kind of like champagne bubbles. You're like, oh, okay, like my energy is like fizzy right now and you can kind of start feeling it. So meditating does help because it allows you to kind of practice your mindset a little bit. So my recommendation would be to just try to like breathe and connect and stay present and like try to open up your energy to it. And it will feel like your imagination. So you're going to want to be like, no, this is crazy. Like, I, and then you will be interrupted by something. But if you can just kind of stay with it and don't let anybody interrupt you and don't let your thoughts interrupt you, just like stay focused on that and like open up the energy and let him in, you'll be able to connect stronger. And that connection might come through in just the form of a feeling. You might get a visual, but the first step is to kind of just recognize that feeling and make space for it. Because they're not going to like, it's subtle. So you can't just continue your day to day. And they're not like just dropping in for a conversation. You need to really kind of make space for it energetically to let them in. I love that. So once you get like a little, a little bit of it, just hang on to it. Hang on to it. Like kind of just go there, settle in. Yep. Yep. Very good. Okay. Our next question comes to us from Gigi in Portland, Oregon. And she asks, do you prefer to meditate alone? My fiance wants to meditate together. And I was wondering if you had any advice. I mean, that's a great question. (laughs) I don't know how I would feel if Dave wanted to meditate with me. Um, I think you absolutely can do it together. I prefer to meditate alone. I've meditated in groups before with other people, of course, to have somebody who you're very close to meditate with you. I think, I think you guys could do it. I think it could be a really beautiful thing. I would just recognize that your practice is your personal practice. It's much like you could go to yoga with your fiance, but you can't let that his progress interfere with your progress type thing. Right. You know, so you're in a way, just sharing more of the physical space, but you're probably going to still have your own experience. Focus on your own experience. And I feel like Gigi will know probably pretty quickly if her experience is, um, or her meditation is being hindered at all from his energy being there. Right. Cause sometimes, especially if he's new, if it feels like kind of like, like if he wants more guidance or whatever, if they do guided meditation together, that might be a good place to start. Very good. I think that wraps up another great episode. Jen, where can they find you? You guys can find me at on Instagram at the.soul.spot. It's funny every time. It's funny every time. There's too many dots. And now we Listen, said it. There's too many dots. There's too many dots and then the website has too many like dashes, but what can I do? It's we're all a work in progress. How about you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. It's my name at Nadia Thorman. And you can also follow my other podcast. It's um, at Pop Town USA. If you want a little bit of light, fun pop culture. Sounds good. Check it out. All right. Thank you so much, you guys. Love we you love guys. You. Bye. Bye.